0: So this is startup to something. Um, Matt is still on vacation, so I have uh, I have another guest on this week. It's uh, Vulcan from from uh, Versoli, right? That's how you pronounce it, Versoli. Yeah, Versoli. Uh, so yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll just uh, talk about what we're working on and what we're struggling with.
1: Sure, sounds great. Um, so yeah, uh, Vulcan from the UK, and I'm working on. Um, product yeah called facility which is a website builder um currently mainly for SaaS founders as it's pretty technical but slowly getting there making it more no code friendly and de- designer friendly i um, been working on it for three years default alive now so making more money than i'm spending in my personal life <laughs> nice uh, yeah. congrats thank you thank you
0: and uh and you do everything right you do the marketing you do the dev
1: Yep, marketing, development, um, support, <laughs> anything, anything, accounting, uh, law, legals.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Okay, yes, I'm in the same boat.
0: <laughs> do yep. everything. N- not enough time Boot in the
1: day. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, so so Versatile is doing well. Like,
1: yeah, it's It's it, the growth slowed off a bit because as yeah, I've been doing. I do all the marketing, right? So I've been heads down on product recently, um, past few months. And that just meant less tweeting, less posts on Indie Hackers, less everything. Um, okay, and is that those are mostly your marketing channels? Or, well, you call them marketing channels, but yeah, I enjoy. <laughs> but I enjoy them. So I, I don't, I, I'm not sure marketing is meant to be enjoyable. But marketing yeah, so is. I enjoy it. <laughs> marketing is not a bad word. It's. Like <laughs> yeah, but most of the time it's like you're writing blog posts for like uh, Google or something, isn't it, or doing ads to uh, pa- trick people. That, that's how. Most of the time it's portrayed as indie hackers, but yeah. So when marketing is enjoyable, it doesn't feel like marketing. Okay. <laughs>
0: so yeah, so so what are you working on these days?
1: Um, so mainly work, working on like an open source project. So currently it's been in like alpha by main, mostly myself, and then I've shared it with some other people. But it's like, so tech, there's a framework called Tailwind, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. Um, super helpful, amazing, like you use it. But there's some things you run into when you're using like static site generators, Um, it's like creating just simple buttons and stuff. You've got to copy and paste a lot of code around. And stuff like Bootstrap solved this 10 years ago. (laughs) And it was amazing for first time developers. It's just like, you come in, (laughs) copy this button from the the website, paste it in, and it just works magically. And then they have all these grid systems, which designers understand. So uh, in Bootstrap, you have like 12 grids, uh, like 12 columns in a grid, and it just works magically. But in Tailwind, you don't really get that. Um, so I've just been trying to work on a framework which provides a lot of this stuff that developers have known for years um, into an actual solid framework. Okay. Are, are you like using
0: the same class names as Bootstrap to make it exactly? Really easy? Yeah. So so
1: I've got button button primary. So before Vue.js was actually built on uh, Bootstrap four, right? So it's just like all of these are ingrained into my head, and a lot of the, our customers are still on Bootstrap. So now I'm figuring out how can I migrate them across and yeah, make it as simple as possible. So like uh, Bootstrap come with a lot of like, other stuff, like data toggles and stuff. So I'm trying right. to use a lot, reuse a lot of those. And then there's a few little updates where stuff like didn't make sense. Like maybe they were using Bootstrap 3 and then upgraded to Bootstrap 4. So some stuff there has been changed. But in most of the cases, it's pretty much identical. So yeah, button primary. <laughs> Everyone, anywhere, any Bootstrap developer knows what boot, uh, button primary is. Awesome. Maybe yeah. I'll
0: finally switch over to Tailwind.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly. I, I, I spoke to so many people. People who've even brought Tailwind UI. Um, but they just are not willing to swap at the moment because they're so productive and say bootstrap, and yeah, this, this might be the final, (laughs) yeah, final way for them to swap over. (laughs) That's awesome. So it's going to be open source. Exactly. Yeah. And it's figuring out, so one of the big issues is license, right? It's just like how much you want to give away. But I decided like, um, yeah, tailwinds, open source, bootstraps, open source. And yeah, they've gave so much to me in my development career that I thought I'd just MIT license it as well. And then that way anyone can use it. And then it's just like, there's, Less hangups, like any company can use it, because there's some licenses out there which are a bit more restrictive, and that means less people are just going to use it. Right. And it's mainly going to be a marketing channel for me. There's um, other similar projects with like ten thousand stars and stuff like this, so it could potentially be a huge marketing channel for me. And anything that limits it is probably not the best. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. Let's let, that's so That's like engineering as marketing,
1: right? And, exactly.
0: And you do that well. Like you have this whole website called SaaS Pages.
1: Yeah, so um, that was, like, I think one of the main things that Indie Hack struggles with getting their first customers. It's like building up trust in the ecosystem, and yeah, launching the SaaS pages was the first thing that got me my customer. So I launched it on Product Hunt, it got a ton of boats and then that's how we got our first customer for of soli which was really yeah, so super super successful for 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 us, and it drives thousands of visitors a month who are all highly targeted, and then they like, come back to us. Wow, I'm probably not doing enough on it. <laughs> that's the thing, like uh, as developers, like we launch projects and then we yeah, we don't come back to them. It's something that I should probably go back to and keep improving.
0: Well, I mean, does it really have a like a clientele that comes back to it?
1: Yeah, so people are sharing on Trello, people are sharing in their things. So people are always updating their SaaS websites, right? So they might be like updating a features page or creating a new features page. They're like, okay, give us some examples and then they go on and share it with their things. But there's, there's features which are just missing. Like imagine being able to create collections of your favorite features page or features blocks and then sharing that with someone. Like that's super valuable, but it's something that, Someone got around to. Okay. And then that would bring people back more, right? And then it just, yeah. Right. And that would be great work. But then that's, yeah. But then it's, yeah. It's like, do you work on your main product or do you work on this other thing? Right.
0: Exactly. And I mean, at that point, they've probably already converted to a Versali customer. So what's. Yeah.
1: But people are sharing with other people, right? So they might not be. um, And then kind of make it more, kind of increase the virality of it.
0: Right. If they can share their collections.
1: Yeah people are not sharing on twitter so if i had collections it'd be like here are my top 50 uh <laughs> top 50 favorite ways of doing sas uh, like yeah improving your conversions for sas pages or something that that, yeah that might help a bit yeah i mean i i,
0: I mean just like yourself like I'm, I'm doing everything so i don't feel like i have enough time but i definitely want to build something like that like engineering as marketing like
1: it compounds. So you have to kind of like, yeah, start now. I've actually launched version two of it a year ago or so. Um, and that did just as well on product. Done. Well, not as well. So the first one got like 2000 upvotes and the second one got like a thousand plus, so if you can think of like a free product, like they do really, really well on, um, product and as a developer, like we have huge advantages. We can build stuff, which is for other people is just impossible. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like the, the idea I was coming up with was, was like a free service. But that was completely built with, with Webflow, Airtable, and Power Importer, and that each each part of it was clonable. So then anybody could take it and, you know, decide, hey, I, I, I would love to build something like this myself, and they, they could just clone it all.
1: Yeah, I think I think it, it does make a ton of sense, especially cloneables, because I think like Webflow pushed them as well. So if you can make it like um, super attractive, then it could potentially get thousands of views just <laughs> just posting at one time. Right.
0: Yeah, but it's finding the time to do it. <laughs> it's not easy. Exactly.
1: <laughs> the customer support is what's killing me these days. Yeah, so yeah, customer support can be hard. Like, so sometimes, like, when we've had like uh, no coders come onto the platform and yeah, they've asked a ton of questions, it's just they're about 100 times more <laughs> require more support. Like, sometimes developers might ask like the NS settings, like, this is taking a little long. And then, but <laughs> yeah, no coders will literally ask me, like, how do I add padding to the bottom of this, even though it's like a setting that says padding. So. <laughs> I know, oh, seriously. So so, like how many hours a day do you do support? It really depends, depending on how many new customers and the type of customers, but on average, less than 30 minutes. So it's super, super low effort. Oh, okay. Um, but th- those, can, those, can, those can come at any time, right? So it could be like at 7 p.m. and someone's struggling a lot and they want to launch their website tomorrow. So I feel like the urge that I've, I've got to help them a lot. Um, it's, more, it's more like I've got to be around a lot than it is um, I've got a lot of it to do
0: okay so you're constantly checking to see if there's any tickets yeah
1: so i've got the crisp app on my phone so it pings me whenever there's customer support okay. it's super important but it's super important for me to be around i've got to be around 24 7 right because i'm hosting servers these are my customers websites they have to be up 24 7 kind of thing
0: so you offer like
1: chat support yeah as i said it's not bad right if it was super bad then i'd remove it um but it's yeah it isn't much of a workload at the moment oh i'm, I'm just i'm too scared <laughs> too scared to put the chat widget there <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine for yours it's just like there's a lot of technical stuff that you've got to get through and th- there'd be a demand for you to be around to actually just yeah help me get get it set up yeah yeah and a lot a lot of it's just playing around with it as well so um a lot of my customers are like SaaS founders and technical people. So they realize that you can go in and play around and delete stuff. I felt like the no code community want to get it right on step one. So right. they'll come in and they don't want to delete stuff. So in my product, you've got like navbar, you can build like nav bars and stuff. So if you make a mistake, you can delete it and restart. Right. But these people don't want, they, 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 they it isn't in their mind that you can restart something. Um, I'm pretty sure it might be similar for your product as well. They don't want to test stuff.
0: Well, i think because they're probably trying to use it on their live site so like they're very mm-hmm. hesitant it's like but often i tell them just just clone it right just clone your project and then play with the clone like you could do whatever you want with the clone and you're not going to damage your existing site
1: exactly yeah and that, getting that across is pretty important so It could be pretty important
0: but it's but it's funny that i have to give them this idea they don't come up with it themselves like,
1: yeah exactly, exactly it's exactly the same for me it's just they they, they won't restart something uh, right. it's, it's, it's frustrating this is such a simple thing it's just like oh log it it's the same with like uh, modems right back in the day it's just like turn it on and off you call up you call up the customer support and <laughs> the main thing is turn it on and off because it, it works for so many people it's the same with mine sometimes it's just log in, log out or refresh your browser and it just magically works right that, that's one of the customer support requests i do get but it's 10 seconds it's like logging and out and then it just fixes everything
0: okay i'm always repeating myself so i mean that's my my problem like i need to f- to have a knowledge base or something simple that they can look up themselves but uh
1: well, there, there is one way you could outsource it potentially i know Derek reimer from a uh, savvy Cal does this he's he's outsourced it to um, a natural agency who then assign you like a support rep kind of thing because um, in that way they, they do all the training and management and stuff and then you just literally hand them off to the product and they write all the support docs for, I, I don't think they write external support docs, but they write like internal support docs for the actual support rep. Okay. So that might be something you can look into and then that might be part-time, right? So it might only be like five, 10 hours you're hiring this person. So it could be pretty affordable. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I would rather find someone that's already in the in the web flow space mm-hmm. uh, because I have other things also that I, I could outsource to them. <laughs> like yeah. st- start with the support and if it's a low support day, well then, you know, build this clonable for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just priorities, right? It's just like, are you going to be able to find that person? Because uh, right. I think finding that person is super difficult as well. Uh, but if you can, that's great. Uh, but it's, yeah. Where, Where's all your time being spent now? And is it being spent appro-
0: appropriately? Right. Recently, I changed my pricing. So now I have three tiers. And on the top tier, I, I put priority support. Oh, boy. Right?
1: <laughs> I mean, all it means... I hope, I hope, I hope it's $1,000 or more.
0: <laughs> no. No, I made the mistake. It's only $99. <laughs> but uh sure enough, like it attracts people that want handholding the whole time. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, because the the other tier is like 49 a month. So I guess there's it's attracting these people that are there. Oh yeah, for an extra 50, I'll I'll pay to have the the priority support. But oh my god, these people are the ones that take up the most time. It's like it's all yeah, hand-holding. What if, what, what-
1: priority support but some of my friends have recently moved more to enterprise and they've they've put their plans at nine nine uh yeah a thousand dollars and it seems, it seems to be working okay but then yeah then it's a whole different kind of uh, ball game and then and i think it's more like you got to talk with uh stakeholders and stuff you got to talk to three four people and it's not something you can just throw on a credit card so.
0: no no exactly like no i don't think i'm ready for enterprise sales like this like, i think i don't know what i mean maybe i'm wrong but i don't think there are that many webflow designers that are at the enterprise level. Well,
1: the, but the, you don't need many, do you? You only need a, a few a few of them. And then it's, it, it depends on what sort of business. Like I, I have no plans to go to enterprise, but yeah, some of my friends just seem to think uh, it's the holy grail. So <laughs> they literally, yeah, they, they get a thousand dollar client and then they may have got some like $19 clients who are uh, customers who are stressful. So it's just like, oh, this is so much better. Um, but right. what type of business you're trying to run? But I remember some people, yeah, like um, Webflow have like customers like Dell using it. So they, they probably have some big customers who, might be using their table as well. And they want to somehow <laughs> upload 50,000 uh, items into like 10,000 yeah, items or something. So right. it might be some sort of use case, but yeah. For the $99, I couldn't do priority support. It's just like my support, like, I, yeah, I have the chat widget, but it's like, it's, there's low expectations. It's like, I might answer, but I'm, it may take me a day or two kind of thing if it's not important.
0: Okay. And that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't cause problems, like people, you know, if they expect real-time feedback on the chat widget, and it takes days for, to receive it an answer by email, they're not like frustrated by then, or?
1: Not that I've seen. There are there are a few customers, but I think they'd be frustrated in email as well. Uh, so okay. I've had emailed people before, and uh, yeah, people people are gonna the people who are gonna get frustrated are gonna get frustrated anyway. I found so yeah. And the chat widget's been really good. Sometimes it's like you can send they can easily send images and stuff, so they're more likely to um, send a bit more detailed reports and stuff. Yeah. I I mean, I
0: I feel guilty when it takes me like 12 hours to answer an email and, but then everyone always responds like, wow, thanks for responding so quickly. And I'm like, really? 12 hours is quick?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. So most of the customer, uh, like products I'm customers of take ages. And then once I, once I do get a response, it's a terrible response. So I think, yeah we have a huge advantage when we're given customer support because a, we can go into the account and look at stuff we, and we want to get over and done with it as soon as possible. So we, we say, Here, here's the three steps. And maybe try this one as well. Um, but then in other places, it's just like, what's your name? I'm like, you know my name. I, 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 you know exactly who I am. So just, yeah, let's get, let's get straight to it.
0: <laughs> I sometimes wish I had a plugin that would add, add pleasantries like around my message. <laughs>
1: yeah I, I i'm a little too direct yeah
0: exactly like Me too. Like i
1: forget to i forget to say hi and stuff like <laughs> but it it helps it, it does help uh, so it's just like hey and then yeah and then you get hopping into it yeah
0: stuff. exactly but i I'm mean just so i just want to answer the question i just want to solve their problem and move on to the next customer right yeah but uh yeah exactly. sometimes you need like a pleasantry sandwich let's start with a pleasantry. Yeah, especially,
1: especially for existing customers i found as well it's just like hey how are you doing and stuff because yeah you have like some rapport with them so it is helpful to do that but you've got—I've got another ten support requests or something. So, <laughs>
0: but I wish you know there was a GTP three service that just inserts that stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, pleasantry,
0: pleasantry. AI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my next SaaS. <laughs> so you do mostly, yeah, like writing, writing blog posts, writing in Indie Hackers. Uh, really active on Twitter.
1: It's, it hasn't been as many blog posts, but it's something I'm looking about is, um, yeah, one of these key things I'm thinking about is pre-boarding. So there's a lot of talk about onboarding, but there's a, I'm also thinking about pre-boarding. So currently, like, so an example of this would be the current way freelancers build websites. So how it currently works, right, is they will come in and they may like sketch something out, talk to the client, and then they'll go into say Figma and build it there. And then they'll go into another tool, um, Webflow, custom code, WordPress, um, facility and then they'll build out there. But I feel like the Figma step is kind of like overkill for most projects. Because yeah. when I was building SaaS pages, even these like Fortune 500, these SaaS companies worth $10 billion, they all have the same website. And there's a little bit of magic that designers can do, which is super valuable is where they come in and like polish it up and add like uh, illustrations and stuff, but building everything in Figma and then going back into it and then rebuilding it in um, custom code, et cetera, it's like a waste of time. So that's something I'm trying to think about is like, can I create like content marketing for that? because yeah i've seen one tweet blow up like uh you, the guy got a lot of hate for it but he said uh just use webflow don't use figma and <laughs> <laughs> like all the designers in the world went absolutely crazy at him. but it sparked something because people some people agreed with him and then a lot of people didn't right but, yeah it feels like something like controversial kind of thing uh,
0: yeah that's the best kind of marketing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like it blew up for him like truly i think he had like thousands of likes and then i think he had a ton of like quote retweets just saying this guy's an idiot but <laughs> 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 people didn't know him before
0: people know him now right i mean yeah i don't understand like why why design something in figma first if you, if then you're yeah. going to use a tool like webflow where you're going to redesign it again like
1: well that's what tailwind actually invested a ton of time into a figma uh like ui kit kind of thing but then they stopped, they stop. I think it's on version two now, and they're on version three. Okay. But they just realized like, it's a huge waste of time maintaining it. Right. And this is faster to go into the code and edit it there, um, kind of thing. And there are use cases, like, let's say you're designing, like, a unique header and you want to move stuff around, which is difficult in HTML. And that, 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 that makes sense. But if you're creating, like, um like a testimonials with three uh, free little cards or something, it's like, <laughs> should you really be using, like, Figma to go and do that? Or should you just use, like, a block uh, to do that? Yeah, exactly. Which is pre-built for you. Yeah, and, but no one's talking about it. No one's really saying anything. Like the freelancers can't say anything and the clients don't know about it. So this is like, can you educate the market on it? And then yeah, that's why I think it's pre-boarding. And it's one of the features we have, which is pretty strong. It's like we have like hundreds of blocks, which, so for just testimonials, we have 10 plus blocks, which cover every use case possible. Wow. So just come in here, use this, and then you're good to go. Like ideally the client would come in, build the website in Visodian and then the designer would come in and just change the illustrations, make stuff pop out, add animations and stuff. And then the, the website would look world-class and their budget it would like i've heard like SaaS websites costing low five figures kind of thing and then you could do that for like thousands potentially and save like 5x and then designers are happy because who, who who loves going into figma and rebuilding the same thing over and over again i don't think anyone is the same for developers as well building the same thing it's just boring yeah like, and then having
0: to rebuild it with html
1: like exactly and then there being discrepancies as well like uh, the client signs off on um like this pixel perfect design you get you get into uh, like any tool and you just can't replicate it and then now you've got to go back to the client and say oh sorry we can't do this
0: right and exactly headaches
1: everywhere
0: yeah i've had that problem like where i used to, when i had a job like yeah there were so many departments right like that department was doing all the graphic design and then you had a department that would take that design and and like slice it and convert it into html and css exactly. there's
1: tools around us so all for like slicing and stuff and there's what there's a one tool that takes a picture of the figma and takes a picture of the actual html and lines it up and make sure it's all correct so wow. this whole SaaS industry is built on top of this
0: <laughs> i know but seriously that, i mean that might be fine for like a big corporation that doesn't care about wasting time yeah, and taking forever but for like an indie yeah, hacker?
1: every hacker, every other business and it's faster as well so i've spoke to so many founders who have like built websites and it took him six months to go from zero, from a, like, yeah, zero to actual build, just to build like a basic like marketing site. It's just, yeah, Crazy. it's just insane because yeah, there's so much back and forth with the freelancer and then costs increase and then the freelancer gets annoyed and people drop out. And these are smart guys, well, these are people who can code and it's just not like random clients who don't <laughs> who don't understand HTML, these are right. you know, developers. And it's still gonna get messed up.
0: I have to confess, like when, when I first launched Power Importer, I had the marketing site was built with a static site generator but mm-hmm. it was all deployed with the same Ruby on Rails app. And then I was like, well, I really need to separate the marketing site from the app. And I could I really considered Vercel like because because you know, I wanted a blog, I wanted a knowledge base, I wanted a FAQ, like you guys have all these components, right?
1: hmm that's what i mean I've, I've built it as i've went along so everything i've needed it started off as like a one page builder so <laughs> just to get, get the landing page ready and then yeah then it's like okay now we need multiple pages like it's probably better to put the pricing page on um yeah just on a separate page and then put an faq under it because the, the home page was getting long and then yeah now we need a blog and then yeah rebuilt that yeah exactly and it's, it's actually something i think a lot of indie hackers get stuck on it's just like they're not willing to ship something unless it's perfect like i've rebuilt the blog in a blog in cms probably two three four times now so I started off with something super like um, for that exact use case, and then slowly moved out as such and got made it like more flexible. And then yeah, just taking the lessons I've learned from the previous iterations. But I would I, I would have never got there if I wanted something perfect.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, no. It,
1: I mean, I I would really
0: have used it, except I felt like I had to yeah, you, dog food my own thing. Right, I had to yeah. To it, use it, it, it makes so. sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well I'm, well, I'm using like uh, the Vesoli UI inside of my product just to use it, yeah. Like certain parts of it, like even where it, it kind of doesn't make sense kind of thing. And like I've used the CMS for stuff that, <laughs> yeah, i like, probably use something else, but to get experience with the products you're using is super valuable. So I've heard like the Notion guys using like Notion for as an Excel kind of thing and just pushing it to its limits. So right. that's what I'm kind of trying to do, just try to push in everything to its limits kind of thing.
0: Okay, no, I was just imagining like Versali was like running on Versali, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no not, not not that complex like, okay yeah. okay you're, you're yeah you were just talking about the Tailwind bootstrap yeah exactly
1: folder. there's actually there actually a no-code builder called a uh, builder which is uh, apparently can do that apparently they're building builder with builder um, really i haven't actually seen many projects using it like there's a lot of like people talking about it but no one's actually building on top of it so i'm yeah it's always yeah uh, there is one company who's saying they can do that <laughs> so it doesn't exist
0: I had a, another no-code tool I was trying to build called row, Yeah. So basically, it allows you to to use Airtable as your backend and to add it to any website. But mm-hmm. but then I was trying to, I was trying to find a way to use Membero for row So when you sign up on Membero, like you're actually using Membero as the authentication. Yeah, yeah. But then it was like I was stuck in a rabbit hole. <laughs> like, oh my god,
1: how do I do this? <laughs> Yeah, that's a little confusing. I do actually do that. So we have a forms endpoints, right? So I've actually, I just use a, the facility form endpoints instead of creating like a custom database table and saving stuff in there or using a third party thing. Like I just use the facility endpoint and just send it straight to there. And then I get all of my, like, I can just quickly create forms. So instead okay. of using something like Hotjar or something, I just send it to there and it works nicely. And then that's, that's, yeah, then it's got integrations as well to like my email. So it's just like, if someone sends a feature request, it, I don't have to like custom code anything. It's just like, let me click a few buttons here and it just works nice yeah, power of dog food
0: <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> so so what's next for vasali
1: yeah so mainly the, the thing i'm struggling with is uh, word of mouth so a lot of my customers like yeah they sign up they pay they're super happy they tell me they're happy in the, the customer support but then they go don't go to twitter to share so w- one, one thing like people will say to me is like maybe you should have it in the emails and stuff but i don't think i've ever read an email and said you know what i'm gonna go on to twitter now and <laughs> because they've told me in an email to go share it on twitter it's normally like I'm using something and i love the product so much that i want to go i have to go out and share it like i can't just keep it to myself kind of thing and that's what i'm trying to build now it's just like how can i a either swap like my customer type to bring these people who are more willing to share or can i get my current customers to share so there are people who are sharing like this facility ui that's one of the ideas that people are willing to share for free so right. it's like, okay and sas pages can, can i build something that people are willing to share okay um so yeah that, that's what i'm working on mainly yeah. I mean,
0: I've actually had success with uh, with asking people by email to do it. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. maybe, 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 maybe it's just me then. Maybe I need, but well, is, is it automated or is it like once they've signed up kind of thing? Cause that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like if it's an automated sequence of the site, yeah. Or is it?
0: No, I put it in my signature. So like there's a PS, you oh, know, if you, if if you love Power Importer and when i <laughs> want to help spread like, the word
1: like and i have a I'm gonna link have to sign up for your service <laughs> and get your little. Uh, i have a link thing.
0: to like that if you click it it just it just does a tweet intent and everything so
1: oh wow but, maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe i'll get wrong all the time i love i love yeah
0: but uh i mean it it doesn't have a huge success rate like yeah but even you know one one or two percent is better than
1: nothing like yeah it's, it's great yeah. yeah we have a ton of people using it so just one or two people yeah one or two 1 percent sharing this massive. yeah you should try it it's
0: just it's just a signature when i reply so when i reply mm-hmm. uh and and i put it in the signature so that i have to delete it if it's not appropriate if it's not an appropriate mm-hmm. moment <laughs> like let's say they're they're really frustrated well okay i'm gonna
1: delete the ps <laughs> yeah for, yeah kind of force the function yet yeah, to make sure you do it yeah exactly but it makes a ton of sense this is yeah. It's it's good. It's good to yeah hear about stuff. that actually is working. It's something in my head. Like there's sometimes a lot of things that I think uh, that just won't work. So like SEO, like all the time I think for certain SEO terms it's not going to work. And then you hear bootstrap startups going in and absolutely smashing it with uh, like yeah SEO. It's like yeah maybe I was wrong. Maybe 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 uh, we can do this.
0: Yeah, I started. I, I hired a company to to write blog posts for Power Importer. Uh, but the, the SEO is just starting to kick in. But like it's, it's so slow. Like, you know, yeah. I, I still don't know whether I'm going to get a return on my investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you launched on Product Hunt yet? With no, I haven't. That might be something to do because that helped a lot with uh, SEO for definitely SaaS page And I think with Soli as well, it just, yeah, it gets it up there. And if you can get people that like, if it gets like 500 plus upvotes, people will then share it in newsletters and stuff and then share it on their blogs and then that will give you backlinks, which then give you SEO ranking. Okay. So, so you did it for Versoli also? Yeah, I've done a bunch of them. <laughs> so I did like Persoli 1.0, Persoli 2.0 and then a bunch of features like the blogging CMS because these, these, these features are actually like a whole SaaS products in themselves. Right. I've recently seen like about 10, 10 products all built for blogging. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, this is a, this is a whole product as such. Um, and they've kind of worked out like got like 300 plus uploads for them. Um,
0: so how much time did you use for like the, each product launch?
1: few hours that's it it's just literally wake up in the morning and then uh get the images ready uh, get the little landing page ready and then post it but for the first one and i think uh, now it's probably worth doing a bit more especially for your first launch and especially yeah seeing as yours could be yours could be super impact- impactful as well because yeah there's a lot of people using their table workflow so you could potentially yeah, get a ton of upvotes so it might be worth investing more time and actually having a plan right that's um, the part that I, that I i have a
0: hard time <laughs> it's like oh my god like <laughs> you know, emailing people and DMing people and.
1: I, well, emailing, yeah, you probably want to email your list, right? And it's probably, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of to-dos um, out there. Right. Um, but DM is not bad. Like all I do is I just, on a day, I go through all of my like Facebook messages and uh, all of my Twitter DMs and I'll just go through and if this person seems relevant, message out. And then if I spoke to him before, it's not like, sometimes like, you get these crazy people on Twitter who would DM you, like they've never ever spoke to you. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I've my product. I'm like, i've never spoke to you right exactly (laughs) why are you you messaging me (laughs) but but yeah if i've spoke to if i've spoke to you before then and you're in the india committee you realize how hard it is so i normally get upvotes i get a ton of upvotes normally yeah
0: but then maybe i should get you to launch me then (laughs) to hunt me
1: (laughs) i'm not sure i'm not sure i could uh, help you with this one maybe maybe with a different product (laughs) but yeah i think it'd be super successful either way i think you should think about doing it
0: yeah i I just I, i saw all the work involved and I was like, you know, is there, is there really that many people on Product Hunt that were potential customers? Like, I know there's a lot of no-code tools, but like, this is like, this is pretty niche right now. It's like, you're going to be no-code, you're going to be using Airtable and Webflow.
1: Well, that's what, it, it will open up the market, right? So there's probably people who use an Airtable who need to be educated, right? So they use an Airtable and they want to build a website with it. And they've tried other solutions, maybe like software or something, but it's not flexible enough. And then and maybe they don't even know that they could connect it to web, Webflow easily. So right. now it's just like, build, use, your, use your Airtable. Maybe instead of saying connect Webflow to Airtable, it may be like use your Airtable to create websites with Webflow. And then that would, and then it sparks ideas in people. And there's okay. probably like hundreds of thousands of Webflow users on um, Product Hunt. And then that just sparks all kinds of ideas. Oh, Airtable users on in there as well. Yeah, no,
0: no, you're right. You're right. I, I just need to bite the bullet and do it.
1: Yeah that was the best time i'm thinking about launching the vasoli 3.0 next month uh, okay so normally normally i take a i just <laughs> it's just like a week before i'll, I'll start doing it and i'll announce on a day but this time i'm thinking okay how can i do this properly because uh, some companies like savvy cow and uh, reform have done really well on that right. especially savvy cow like it, it literally changed the trajectory of his um growth so yeah it, it's probably it's worth it's, if it's what yeah it's worth doing really well uh,
0: like, yeah, he hired a marketing guy and like... Yeah, well, he's got Corey on his team. <laughs> <so>. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, it's an unfair advantage.
1: But you've got Indie Worldwide, right? So you've had all these um, like founder calls and stuff. So you've got 50 people right there who's probably willing to like hop on and give you an upvote and share with the, uh, and like retweet and stuff. And That's something I'm terrible at as well. Like i can ask people to upvote, but I won't ask them to retweet. And that's something I'm thinking like, I just got swallowed swallow my pride and say, listen, man, I need, I need, I need uh, more customers this time. So please, uh, please uh, retweet if you yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I
0: don't do it either. Like, I-
1: Yeah. Well, it's normally, there's not much to do about it, product terms, the one thing, like, uh, if someone asks me to, I'll probably do it, if it makes sense, like, if it's like a no-code tool or yeah, something, I'll, I'll retweet it. Or if it's for like, indie founders, like, if it's like some random HR tool, I probably won't retweet it, but I'll like it. But right. if it's like, yeah, no-code tool or something, then I'll, I'll retweet it no matter what.
0: Yeah, like, I've I've upvoted so many things. I've, they owe me
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I should keep a,
0: a database <laughs> yeah
1: that's more like, yeah, if they help me then if I get successful then I can help them out kind of thing it's just yeah right it makes a ton of sense
0: yeah I mean I maybe it's just it's all developers are like this like we just don't like self-promotion and
1: yeah I, str- I struggled with it but then I noticed people doing it really well so then I, I built the courage to start DMing people but I had to give a ton of value first normally so the first uh product launcher done. Like I was helping on indie hackers for ages. Like I was like the number one guy in the landing pages just helping people. So I felt like I've helped so much. Like maybe I can ask for a little bit back now.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I'll definitely upvote. So
1: <laughs> DM Sorry, me yeah. when you do. I got one. yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. So increasing word of mouth. Like you, th- you, yeah, you think it's the best way to do it is by releasing these, these side projects that are easily shareable.
1: Yeah, I think these these uh engineering, and marketing kind of things are great as well. And then slow, it's also building um. I'm trying more pivot, not pivot, but like help designers use the platform as well. And then because they create some amazing things, like um, yeah, these like these Figma plugins that these are uh, yeah these Figma stuff I've seen. So like they'll go into huge detail. Like I've seen one part of, like some companies create like 700 blocks on Figma. <laughs> They've spent hundreds of hours doing this stuff. And a wow. lot of them are free. It's just like, what, what's going on here? Like, if I, could get, if I could get the power of these designers onto the Visali platform, it would just be truly amazing. Um, just figuring out how to bring them on board. But
0: Visali uh, really is, is at the point where a designer can, can design
1: anything? It's pretty much there now, yeah. So with the Tailwind update, so Tailwind has literally uh, everything you can think of for uh, all the CSS classes. So now you can do that pretty easily. Um, the only thing that we're missing is like an advanced animation library. So we use something like AOS or something for animations, which is pretty good, but it doesn't—it not doesn't, perfect. Um, cool. But that's basically all we're missing in terms of like a nice, a really good landing page with like absolute positioning stuff and like really nice uh, illustrations here and there. It's, yeah, it's, it's there now. It's just I like got to write the documentation and stuff.
0: Okay, but it's like it—it's Tailwind based, so you add classes in order yeah.
1: to. Yeah, so there's no like, uh, there's no re- reason to really have to learn actual CSS. Like, you can just like hack along with um, like utilities, and then the people people from Figma already kind of know that kind of thing. So it's just like give a tech, give this um, uh, this uh, uh, square a border and stuff, and they already know that. Okay. And then the Tailwind documentation is so great; like anyone can read it and pick it up kind of thing.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm used to Webflow where it's it's really a translation of CSS, like. Their, their UI is really there's like, a button for every single CSS attribute and
1: exactly but it's it's ready for designers now I just got to figure out how to onboard them and then that's another problem it's like how do I market now to designers like I kind right. of know where SaaS founders hang out but where do designers hang out
0: yeah and find some incentive for them to 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 share their designs and...
1: yeah well them to come along is a, is the tough part. But I feel like there's a lot of like features we have, like Tailwind has, which is really great. Like, yeah, just a bunch of CSS stuff that is really hard to do normally is really easy with Tailwind. So, yeah, like so in Bootstrap, when you're trying to like build like hover and stuff, it's really hard. Like you got to go into the CSS file and then type hover this this that this class. But in Tailwind, it's so easy. It's just like hover uh, colon uh, blue 600. Now now your text is blue. Right. But before with Bootstrap, I wouldn't even do that. I'd be too lazy. I'm like I'm not gonna go in my CSS file or my seats c- scs file <laughs> is start right. changing stuff and breaking stuff no 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 <laughs> let me just let me just quickly get this out there yeah, yeah no no i'd say
0: the butter the button already has a hover class I'm yeah, not, exactly i'm not messing bootstrap
1: knows this better than i do so <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, i i still use
1: bootstrap today like it's, it's amazing but it's just like yeah once you touch tailwind it's just like yeah Some magic happens and it's just like you feel like an actual designer at that point it's like you can actually start doing stuff and it doesn't, it isn't like a headache to actually go in there and change stuff. And there is no technical debt as well, which is amazing. Cause yeah, when you're using CSS, you just start creating all these classes. <laughs> There's never ending list of classes and you've got, right. you, you don't go back and delete them and stuff. But with Tailwind, it's just all on the HTML.
0: But don't you have the same, like won't you have debt because you're, you're constantly repeating all the same classes?
1: Well, that's the problem. Yeah, that, that is the problem in static uh, sites. And that, that's kind of why I built Soda UI is because you're repeating all of these buttons and stuff and you've got to change it. But in, say, like a framework, like Vue or React, it's just literally you build a component and then all, all of your uh, uh, like tailwinds there and then you never have to repeat yourself. But yeah, for more like Django and Ruby on Rails and stuff like this, then yeah, it's a, it's a bit more, yeah, it's a lot more difficult to use tailwind now. Um, yeah, because I've tried, I've used
0: it a few times and I, f- I feel like I, I easily lose consistency. Like, how much padding did I put in this in this page? Like, and I, I need
1: to make sure I'm using the same amount of padding on the other page. Yeah, there's def- there is definitely that issue. Um, I've seen some people create stuff like a padding like lg, but I feel that's still it's still the same issue. You kind of like yeah, it's, it's a bit it's a bit more tough. But you you're, you're having the same issue with um, Bootstrap. You'll have to figure out if you're using like a medium padding or a large padding, right? Stuff like this but it does solve a lot of issues and you can move a lot faster with a lot better designs. So, but it, it requires a lot more work. So I mean, we, indie ha- we, we indie hackers don't have enough time anyways, so <laughs> is a lot of work.
0: Yeah. So if you, if you had to start
1: all over, like build a new SaaS, what would you do? <laughs> uh, well in terms of what I did, if I was, if I was building facility again, like I feel like, uh, I probably would have like started building templates first, Cause templates are such a huge thing um, for my, for like, yeah, my industry. I feel like, it, yeah, if I started with templates and I built a huge library, like hundred or 150 templates, selling them on my like, theme forest or something. And then from there pivoted out. Cause then I would have had like it's, uh, Rob Wallen's like stair step approach kind of thing, like start off with like a simple product and then work your way up. Like maybe start off like doing some freelance work around templates or like building websites for people. And then next stage is maybe building these templates and selling them on theme forest and then maybe like a w, uh, like a WordPress plugin for like a page builder. And then from there go into the next stage of building your own website builder um that's what i recommend for other indie hackers as well it's just like start freelancing find a real problem and make sure it's like a real problem because <laughs> i see so many people trying to like not build like just build solutions right yeah and then Scratch your own solve itch. Real problems. yeah scratching your own niche is great if it's a massive market but if it's like a tiny market if, <laughs> with a n of one it's just like yeah it's probably not going to work out
0: uh, yeah
1: i mean that's it I, I think that's the biggest
0: problem as especially as a developer because developer can easily scratch their own itch uh, but they forget that if their customer is also a developer they can scratch their own itch also like
1: (laughs) it's really got to be in a b2b setting where it's more like uh there's some sort of like uh, value add so then that's why like we have developers using us but normally it's like i can't design so i need a platform to help me with design so it's not just pure website building because any any developer can build a website right um but it's just like is there something you can value at like, TMSs as well. It's just like you could go and build your own TMS, but every developer's probably done that and realized how much of a pain it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of problems, and there are some things like um, building for developers. It's like uh, bug tracking seems to be the top one. Every every other every few years there seems to be a new bug tracking kind of thing. <laughs> I think linear is super popular at the moment, and then I'm sure in a few few years there'll be another one.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, that sounds like a good idea. Like you start start with freelancing, solving a real problem and then like build on top of that.
1: Well, I, that's one of the main reasons I built for is like uh, my one of my clients just kept asking to change this button all the time and all of these like little little cosmetic details. Like I was using a uh, Django as a CMS back then, like I w- had some like custom use cases and I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna use WordPress. So then yeah, there was all these little things that just kept coming up. Like I wanna add this or change this and it was just no way of doing it without um, coding. And it was just such a pain. Um, Web I, I didn't really know about web floating and I don't it wouldn't have handled the use cases as well. Like there was some advanced um like how to put it like parent parents stuff going on and yeah. But it, it's just a huge headache. So slowly trying to figure out how can I make sure that no freelancer has to go through the pain I went through. <laughs> it's a huge pain as well. <laughs> so, I think freelancers would pay a lot of money to get rid of this problem of right. being like sent an email on Monday morning like Monday morning six months after finishing a project to change the button It's just like there's no <laughs>
0: So what, what other mistakes do you think indie hackers do?
1: Similar to the freelancing one. I think a lot of indie hackers will try to uh, do, um, but like they might be working a job and then they like, um, they, they quit to do freelancing and or well, they quit to do a SaaS, right. And then they're freelancing on the side. And then that's just so difficult um, to do because like you're earning money from freelancing and your freelancing rate super high. So you're like, every time you, you're working on your SaaS, you're like, I could be doing freelancing work and money's getting a little tight and stuff like this. And it's just, yeah, such a big problem that I see so many indie hackers go through, it's just, it's really hard to um, work on two things at once, Uh, especially when it's freelance and you've got clients breathing down your neck, there's no way you're going to be able to focus on your SaaS.
0: That's
1: like, like, focus is key. And just daily improvements to your product is super valuable. Customers notice it, um, you notice it, it builds momentum. And then without doing that, it's just, yeah. But so many people try to do it. Right. And then I've seen, yeah. I think I've been on Indie Hackers probably over three years now, and it's just one of the biggest mistakes I see each happen over and over again. And it's really tough because it's just like, are you gonna are you gonna tell people to yeah stop building stop building their SaaS because they're freelancing? <laughs> it's like no one wants to hear that. So right, exactly. I really I really I, rarely, I rarely tell people, but it's, it's something <laughs> going on in the back of my mind. Especially when I see people come back from like three months of being off, and now they're back to back to it, and then I'll know in another month or two they'll be off. And it's just like, if you just spend all of this time, two three years saving up. And then you you could just work, work full time on your SaaS. And then especially with stuff like Microquire, if you work really well on your freelance, get a really get a really nice freelance business going, save up a ton of money, you can build like a. That's another thing like I might do as well. Like just buy a SaaS from from day one. If you buy a SaaS doing a few like hundred in MMR with say a technical founder who's exactly like you who's burnt out now and <laughs> they found an amazing problem, but they are too their schedules messed up or they've had the issue in the family or something, you can buy it at a great price and now you've got a, a validated market. A validated product, you can come in and just get started.
0: But then it's mostly a marketing job, no?
1: Well, yeah, kind of. But they've already they've already skipped two three years of work, right? So to do that as a freelancer, you're probably going to spend two three years to get to that point, anyways. You might as well work two three years and then live a good life while doing it. If you're if you're, if you're doing a freelance rate 150 an hour, you're living a really good life, saving a ton of money, <laughs> no right. stress. You And then you be. come into it, you, you <laughs> yeah. Well, you should be. And then you come into it and you buy a SaaS which is already going all right. And then it's just okay. Let me come in improve some of the features, let's get it back up to scratch, update the marketing website on and they're not off to the races kind of thing. Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. Like you're you're saving so much time.
1: But... And stress. I think stress is the biggest one. Like the amount of stress you get from trying to bootstrap a, a SaaS startup is extremely high. And then trying to bootstrap and freelance at the same time while looking for, say, like during like slow periods that like you're trying to look for freelance work while your SaaS is going slow as well. Like the ups and downs are, <laughs> must be crazy. Like, yeah.
0: Right. You know, like, what's your unfair advantage? Like for me, it's it's being a developer. Like, so to, to buy a SaaS that already exists and do the marketing, like,
1: but you're not doing the marketing, right? You 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 you're not buying you're buying the um the validation of the product kind of thing. So they've already built it. They've they've got it in the market. They've probably got SEO backlinks and stuff already done. So you're not really buying, you're, you're buying the product, which is the guy's burnt out. Like he might not be, he won't be shipping as much or yeah, they won't be shipping as much as they should be. So you come in there, you re- revitalize the product. You might rebuild the whole product. Um, and then you email the list because I had this one product that I just left on the back burner and it just kept collecting emails from uh, Google. And then it's just like, but they'd sign up and they'd realize oh, this product's old. Like, I'm not going to use it. But they had this problem and they, they were so willing to go and probably like get to page two of Google but there, this problem existed. If a guy has, if the company has MMR, there's a problem there. Like you could in theory, go back and build it and just clone the product, but then you don't have the two years of SEO kind of thing. So you, you're you built, you're buying like the actual assets kind of thing instead of just the actual code. Right. Kind
0: of, yeah. No, and there is something to, about the code base. Like, I mean that.
1: Yeah. Well, you brought all the lessons. So you you brought all the lessons and then exactly. Yeah. But like there's some stuff on Vasoli, which is like, it took me ages to figure out if I was to sell it, people that save themselves years of works so tons of like these HTML, weird edge cases kind of thing. You are just saving yourself a ton of time. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen it work. So I spoke to some guy on indie worldwide and uh, I'm not sure if I can share his name, but yeah, he went from a few hundred in MMI. He's grew it to a six, 7,000 MMR, uh, kind of like part-time thing. I think he's working on a bunch of projects and he could grow it even more. So it's like, it's possible. I've seen it. I've seen it done. And there's a bunch of marketers who are doing it. Um, yeah. another Shopify guy who's buying Shopify apps and he'll, he'll buy them at like a few thousand. And he's trying to grow to, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands.
0: But that's it. But though, but they're yeah, that's a marketing guy. Like I, yeah, when I look at the listings like on on micro acquire, I think
1: I think you've got to find the right one as well. It's like you've got to find a guy who's burnt out. Uh, <laughs> you've got to find them niche ones. Right. And maybe it's too technical for a marketer to come in, and maybe it does need a whole new reproduct. Maybe it's like three four years old, but it's still getting customers in the door. And then it's like okay, let me rebuild this whole product. Oh, okay. But the no. market's validated.
0: Oh, that's that's a good point though. Like maybe a marketer can't buy it because the tech you know the customer support is too technical and yeah so then you can do the technical support and i guess learn the marketing <laughs> but me, yeah. for me marketing is not my unfair advantage
1: yeah but a lot of these products like i've seen products grow really fast without too much marketing if, 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 if there's a real problem underlying it like for me like i haven't done much marketing like Sure, I've done product hunt and stuff, but that's like a one-time kind of thing. Um, and then I have got SaaS pages, which kind of brings in leads, but it's like it's not. I'm I'm not continuously marketing. I'm do- like my marketing assets, like yeah, how to put it. Like, I've noticed some people like they've hired like full-time marketers or people writing content, and I'm doing better than them just because I understand the market and I can build stuff that they can't. So it's like there's a, there's a lot more advantages as developer than people make out, but no one really talks about it, so we ne- we never implement them. <laughs> yeah, but if someone is selling their business then most likely it's not growing all by itself, right? Well, Yeah, it's most likely flatlined or there might be a bit of churn, but that might be because there's bugs in the pro- product, right? Uh, okay. there, there might be a ton of issues that are going on. Uh, maybe maybe like an API is changing, it's completely broke like, half the product. Some customers are still getting value, um, but there's still a huge demand now. Of course, of course, that's one way of doing it. other way is what I did basically is I saved up a little bit of money um, and then lived really cheaply and then just built my house from scratch. But that, that's, that's super stressful and you don't, you don't know if you're going to make it. Um, right yeah it could easily fail
0: yeah i mean that's what i did also like i i tried to build stuff on the side and i had two young kids at the time and i just didn't have the energy didn't have the time uh in the end i had to just go cold turkey
1: quit, quit the job and yeah that's even more crazy yeah that, that's even more crazy way of having kids as well like freelancing having kids or and and then yeah trying to juggle a sass on the side is, right, like, exactly. what's more important like the kid crying and the free, <laughs> getting the money in the bank <laughs> like, yeah it's good it's impossible I, yeah yeah some
0: people do it but I, I could not do it
1: but there is one thing I, one thing i have also seen work is like where you work on say like an open source project so you, you build this open source there's no expectations for you to do like a ton of work in the start and then if it does happen to get popular then you can like start doing freelance work around it upgrade, like charge more and stuff and then slowly build like a productized service kind of thing. And then finally build a SaaS on top of it, like a platform. Um, so one company called TypeSense is doing that and they're doing, they're doing a really good job. So they've got like types. It's like, an um, Elasticsearch competitor. So they're like 10 times more affordable than Elasticsearch works really fast. Um, and the founders are great, great uh, people. They help you out with everything. Okay. And now they've built TypeSense cloud. So they're charging a ton for enterprise enterprise clients. So most developers use it for free with the, um, open source. But then for enterprise clients who just <laughs> who don't care and got too much money, they'll just throw 2,000, 3,000 a month at them and just say, get to work. Right. And they say, sure, sure, let me set this up on AWS for you and charge them a huge fee.
0: Yeah, I, I'm say it works, but I I mean, I've even seen some of these open source businesses like get VC funding. Like,
1: Yeah. Well, that's the playbook but now, but I think that, that's, that, that can be an issue. So it's like they, they force you then to like build too fast and maybe you're building like what the market doesn't want or maybe, yeah, you're building... You're building something just because you think it's cool, instead of actually what the market wants. Um, I think we were talking before about Superbase, and that's the one thing that Superbase do really well is they'll use open source projects that already exist, and then they just like buy out the founder. So there was um, what's it called uh, Post Postgres or something Postgres. It's basically like a REST API around Postgres, and this project's like super popular. It was kind of super popular. It had like a few thousand uh, stars, and people loved it, but it, it like it wasn't getting the love it needed. So Superbase came in and then just like built around it built it like an amazing like fire by firebase alternative brought out the founder so he just works now fully on the open source project um wow. and then they're just full time marketing and then building around it and that seems to be working really nicely and they just keep buying and they keep doing this like they they just literally find any open source project to do with postgres buy it bring the founder in and then start marketing the hell out of it and it seems to be working really well that's one way that's one way as well and
0: superbase is vc funded
1: i think eh yeah yeah so they got they went to yc and now they're raising tons of money
0: right exactly hey, and they always knew that their the monetization was going to be cloud like they were going to host it
1: but there's a huge demand for postgres and stuff there's other companies like docker and mongo who have i think mongo are all right but i think docker has struggled a lot in the past because their product's good but it's just like they're, they're, how to put it, yeah they've just struggled to monetize it because people are more willing to use like the open source and there isn't like a clear path to say a docker (laughs) website hosting kind of thing yeah it's not clear line
0: yeah like i uh, i don't know if you've heard of post hog
1: yeah
0: it's like a hot hot jar alternative that's open source it's the same playbook like you can self-host it it's open source but um but through the different versions that i've installed it gets harder and harder to self-host it and more and yeah, more.
1: Yeah, I, I saw. I saw it from day one. I loved it. I thought this is amazing because they were using Postgres and it was just literally Postgres on with a like a React front end or something. Yeah, it was just amazing. And now I looked into it and they've got like uh, what's it called? ClickHouse. What's it? Yeah, click, they've got ClickHouse, Kafka, something going on. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's crazy. And you look, you look <laughs> at like, the self-hosting page and it says, oh yeah, it's going to cost you eighty dollars to like to host it on two different uh, VPSs and.
1: <laughs> yeah. Th- that's not even how it's meant. Like, ideally, you'd be like using RDS or something, and uh, all of this. And with ClickHouse, you may have like three <laughs> three databases up at once. It's just like, oh no, because <laughs> before it's literally you could have spun up in, like an RDS and then uh, slapped on the React front end, you'd be pretty much good to go. Right? But, yeah. Now it's just uh, got overcomplicated. But that's what happens when you go to enterprise. They went straight to enterprise, I think, and then these people had a huge demands because uh, they say like Postgres only scales up to millions of uh, requests per. Uh, Per month or something, and then that's why they had to use ClickHouse. But okay. that's fine for ninety nine percent of companies, but right? But enterprise with billions, it's not.
0: Yeah, but otherwise, I, I mean, I guess Telwin is an example of an open source project that now is a business.
1: Yeah, there's there's other ones as well. There's VC one that backed like um, Remix. I think took some money. Um, I think even some like Node.js build tools. Then I then I then I raised some money, but now they're building their cloud tool. Uh, okay. So yeah, there seems to be money in building open source as well. Is, yeah. As I said, you can you can start off building it and see if there's any demand. And there isn't like, you don't have customer support. No one's going <laughs> to kill you if your, your <laughs> server's a down kind of thing.
0: Right. No, that's true. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. And you have, if you don't know how, you're going to monetize it and you don't know if you will. Yeah, that's... true.
1: I'm sure you could, uh, maybe there's a checklist, like an open source uh, bootstrapper a checklist kind of thing. That Okay, it has to do this, this, this. And it has to be like, businesses have to appreciate it. It can't be like some uh, product, yeah, like open source and productivity tool or something. <laughs> I'm right. not sure that's going to work. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why I understand the cloud one.
0: It's like it's simple. You, you make something that's self hostable so people can play around with it and, and talk about it with their friends and to so get a lot of word of mouth. But in the end, it's a lot simpler to just pay them to host it.
1: Yeah, when well, they, they have all the best practices and stuff and less stress, less stress for you.
0: Exactly. You don't have to deal with backups or or reliability or anything
1: yeah but it, there's a few js frameworks which have tried to do this uh like they've, they've tried to create a js framework and then build hosting around it but it, it seems that a lot of them seem to struggle right. um for seal kind of like i think we're hosting platform first and then built next js and that's doing super well but it's like if you try to go framework first you might like rush and not actually get where you need to go kind of thing well i can't wait to see
0: uh it's for solely UI, like <laughs> you might might be, make a convert out of me from Bootstrap to Tailwind.
1: But that's the hope, I'm hoping to convert lot, lots more people. And that's another blog post I'm thinking about writing is basically um, how to go into pie of tail, Tailwind kind of thing because designers should be using it, but they're not. Um, developers sh- should be using it more, but they're not. And then, yeah, it's just like, it should be being used a lot more, but because it's not VC-backed, Tailwind are kind of like going slow. And it should, be, it should be foot to the pedal kind of thing. Right. I kind of wish Tailwind were VC back because then, yeah, had have a bunch of like developer advocates all going around telling everyone to use it. There's um, all kinds of stuff. And probably even made Tailwind UI free. So right. it is like driving huge demand. But.
0: Well, thanks so much for dropping by. And uh, where, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, it was great chatting. chatting. People can find me... Um, I think Versoli is probably well. <laughs> my ne- both of them, like my name's hard to spell, and the company's kind of hard as well. So, but <laughs> if you just type in like uh, Versoli, V E R S O L Y into Twitter, you'll find uh, you find it out. Dot com, and then yeah, Vulcan DK as well. Awesome. I'll put I'll put the links in the show
0: notes, of course. Yeah, that's probably probably a bit helpful. Well, thanks
1: so much. Thanks for yeah doing this, and it was great chat. Yep.